Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show where we deliver you a constant flow of heat direct from the street. I'm your guest, Steve Lucky Luciano. And my co-host today, on my right, Chumaham Bowen, American Indian lawyer, elegant barbarian, Southern California. That's it. And to my left, Sean Lewis, certified audio professional and engineer for the show. I love it. There you it. go. That's there you it, go. man. That's money. That Sir. is. I like how you got the Southern California and the certified. Both of you guys jumping on my tail on that shit. Listen, huh? if some shit works, I use, use it. it. Absolutely. Listen, you guys. I want to talk about a guest I have on today that I brought on. This is a very, very dear friend of mine for 30 plus years. The Don Mega of Inc. Prior to any social media and all that bullshit. This dude was doing it back in the days. Doing Tearing what? up Hollywood. Doing what? Smashing, tattooing. Drawing, painting, fucking making his statements. Uh, this guy was tattooing everybody from Sean Puffy Combs Get out of to Eminem no to way. Everlast. Yes, bro. Um, gentlemen, I mean, this guy was the guy who gave Cartoon, Mr. Cartoon, his first break in a tattoo shop. Holy shit. Yes, man. So, you know, long awaited, I want to uh, bring my friend in, Frank Ball. Guys, Frank Ball. Thanks for having me, guys. Man. Great to be Frank here. Frank Ball. Love Frank your life, Ball. Lucky. Love That's your life. Damn, man. brother. <laughs> Good to see you. This guy, man. Man, has it been, th- it's been, we've known each other almost 30 years, right? Yeah, over 30 years. Where did you guys years. meet? I've been tattooing over 30 years. Okay. My son's 25. Mm-hmm. I started tattooing five years before he was born, so that's crazy. Damn. And our boys used to play together. That's right, we bro. Babies. I was at yeah. the, I was at a christenings yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was at his baby shower, all that stuff. All at Lucky's son. At Lucky's baby shower. Lucky's son's baby shower. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. Our sons. We got grew baby up together. shots. Yeah. Yeah, man. Of our kids yeah. playing together, and uh, they, we 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 periled in very many ways. To, yeah. Uh, together. Yeah, we were rolling leños at the freaking supermax. supermax store. <laughs> yeah, dog. Hey, I put up a post. I put up a post something about supermax. And then Frank gets up and he put he says, if you weren't rolling a joint at the Supermax store, you don't know what's you up. Don't know nothing. <laughs> you don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. You know what's funny, Frank, is that when we did a, tr- a retribute issue to Supermax Apparel, I brought on some old people and I brought on like uh, people that would come into the shop and really supported the, the the brand back then. Scotty Khan was one of the guys that we we brought. So we yeah. did a little interview shot of him. Yeah. And the first thing out of his mouth we're supposed to be talking about apparently goes, let me just say right now, I bought all my dope at the Supermax store from Lucky. That's the first thing that comes out of his yeah, mouth. Man, I love when I'm watching movies and I see actors that I saw you selling weed to at Supermax. <laughs> I'm like, man, now, now that's what's up. Yeah, everybody, that's what's up. You everybody know, from what? Jim Carrey to Cameron Diaz, we had them all. Supermax was a clutch. You know what uh, I mean? love yes, that. Yes, yes, Ahead yes. of the curve, uh, way before legalization, now it's no big deal. Well, you guys remember oh, when we had a stem on, on last week, We were, or, uh, two weeks ago, we were yeah. talking about you. We were talking about you in general, 
But the story of Mark Fox getting beat up by Cartoon. Oh, yeah. The night that yeah. we're at your shop. Remember yeah, I had to pull him off of that fool. He was fucking that fool up. Hey, yeah. I gave Estevan his first back piece tattoo. That's on right. lettering across his back at the old Shamrock. At the old channel, that was the, it's, the original shamrock. The it's my life on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, get that's, in that's, there. Man. How long ago Dude, was this that? Is such a big part of my fucking history, bro. You know, guys don't understand, man. I mean, when it was going down, and I'm talking early 20s, Frank Bow was right there, man. Like everybody was showing up at ta well, they were showing up at Shamrock, but everybody was showing up at, ta Tattoo at Tattoo Mania, man, on Sunset. Over. You guys got to know this is what 150 feet from the whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right from yeah. that corner was Tattoo Mania. And you could, people would be walking down Sunset and they would see all of us. They'd cross the street to walk down the street, bro. They didn't want to walk <laughs> by the store, bro. It was just. Eric, Ever, Eric Everlast was on a house arrest in a penthouse apartment right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> we were just up right. there partying all the time. It was crazy. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what, what decade is this? What are we talking? Like, early 90s. Early 90s. Early 90s, man. This 90s. is like 91. All that 9091, yeah. man. Awesome. This is, yeah, it was going down. Yeah, I was bro. doing single needle tattooing before it was hipster. Exactly, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. This is when you yeah. come in for it. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. For the people who don't know, what does that mean, single needle tattoo versus what? Well, most of the time when you get a tattoo, there's like multiple needle groupings. Single needle tattooing was something that uh, was only done in the, in the California prison system. Guy. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't mainstream at all. Like, you know, people had a. It, it, it went professional in Southern California and East L.A. Um, and those are the guys that taught me, Jack Rudy, Mark Mahoney. Um, I still work at Jack Rudy Studio today. And uh, that was like a, the, mar the trademark of the Southern California, Los Angeles tattoo scene was single needle tattooing. Well, it's very hard. It's yeah, you got only, it's got a single needle. <laughs> so, so you okay. can so only, like, you know, like it's a lot easier to use like a five or a seven and, and you, you don't have to like, uh, uh, carefully move your hand in the machine because a single needle will just go in and blow out. You know what I mean? You have to just glide across the skin. You know, why would anybody want to mess with it when they could just, you know, do a three or a five or a seven? It's a lot uh, less forgiving. You know what I mean? So uh, back then, there was only like convicts, gangsters, outlaw bikers, you know, that had single needle tattoos. <laughs> but now it's all like hipsters, you know, right, right. Silver Lake coffee drinking, you yeah, know, beard neck motherfuckers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. That, bro. yeah. And you got to remember, too, I mean, a lot of people that don't really understand, I mean, three people talk about tattoos, but there's a lot of people that don't understand the actual mechanism of the tattoo. Right. And that's a needle popping in and out. Of um of a what do you two. call it of a, out of a two basically man <laughs> yeah and so when you're do we only got one needle to work with imagine doing somebody's back how right. long that's gonna take how much you have to do opposed to somebody grabbing like a five needle shader or barrel and then and then they're just it's it's just less forgiving it's quicker it's but you're not gonna get that fine detail and see in in prison and in jails. They would take a guitar string. So a certain bass guitar string's hollow, right? Yep. So you take that, and they would take a needle, and they'd run it through there with a spring, 
and a Walkman engine. So you've got that needle going in and out. That's how that's how Wait, homemade on. guns made. Hold on, a Walkman engine. What you're referring to is is a, a rotary, a rotary. Yeah, no, right. But what, the Walkman, right? You're talking Walkman, about the, the headphones, right. little stereo. So for you. people who don't know, there was a time when people would have to walk down the fucking street with a cassette. Yes, in a giant, course. big ass fucking thing. Exactly. With headphones, headphones. Those, no Bluetooth. No, none of that. It, it bro. had machine parts yeah. in that motherfucker. That's right. And you that's break right. that thing open and make Man. sense. You know, so like that's the what Frank's talking today, about. today, like, kids are getting like an iPad and they order their, you know, their tattoo equipment off the internet <laughs> and yeah. they get their like, you know, a little skinny jean wearing hipster friends. <laughs> We're like, when I started, it was in East LA. Right. And it was hardcore gang members. And you'd be doing these big old old English letters like I put on Steve's chest. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. And you'd be filling yeah. the whole thing in with a single needle. Yep. And you got these like straight killers going like, what's taking so long, Poncho? Poncho, <laughs> 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 why is it taking so long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 if yeah. you know the real Frank Ball on the street, I was AKA Pancho Pelotas, you know? Pancho Pelotas. <laughs> like the serio, serio, serio pedo well from the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like this, you know, skater, you know, kid, you're like, what? Oh my God, these guys are going to kill me. And it would just take forever, like filling it in. But it had that look, man. Dude, how long? You know? I mean, it, it, first of all, let me let me ask you a question because this is something I've always, always wondered. Number one, like you're doing a single needle or you're doing it back then, it's going to take a long time. You can't do it all in one sitting. Well, you'd have to back then, you know. Those guys wanted, they weren't going to come back for return sessions. These homies no were like going to get locked up the next day. <laughs> you know? They were ink done and you had to get it yep. done all night long, whatever it took. So I, I came from East L.A. into Hollywood and I met uh, Estevan at a... Uh, at the original Shamrock, Mark Mahoney's Shamrock tattoo. And I had my little brother with me, you know, and he's like half Mexican. And and uh, he's there's like, hey, we want to look like him. You know, we want that ink. You know, and I'm like, really? All right, let's fuck it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll fuck with you. You know, and I was, I met Cartoon and, and Steve. And man, we were up on Melrose and, you know, hanging out at Supermax. And then uh, Mark uh, went away and uh, I went up to uh, Tattoo Mania on Sunset Boulevard. And that's when I just, I mean, it was, it was such a culture clash coming from East LA to Hollywood. And immediately I'm like hanging out with like David Bowie and and Mickey Rourke and tattooing on you know uh, Alyssa Milano and you there know you it was go. just wild. Dude, you know how I mean? fine you know? is Alyssa Milano up close? Hey, you know, Come hey, on, hey, be she, real. She is so fine. <laughs> <laughs> and her mother Who's, too. I tattooed her mother too. Yeah. <laughs> and her mother the too. Apple didn't fall far from the tree. Oh, oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. No, yeah. it was good times. Drew Barrymore. Yeah, you know I mean? he was doing days. it, bro. Oh, He's got you. Yeah, man. Shit. I'm this telling you. This time of true romance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. This was the 90s. You know, Hollywood was still Hollywood. Yes. Right. Oh, that's true, yeah, Frank. Yeah, that is yeah. right on the nose, man. Yeah. I mean, it was a time... So much culture was created right then that everybody's biting on now. Right. Yeah, like I was on Sunset Boulevard when rock and roll went out and uh -huh. hip hop came in. Yep, bro. That's like exactly what it was. You know, like the Key Club or whatever that was. Yeah, we're, exactly, out, we're, we're hanging out with Suge Knight. You know what I mean? Dr. Dre. Yep. All those full stuff. The Snoop Chronic Dog, album. You know, all Cypress that. Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. all. It, I watched. Rock and roll go well, out and hip hop come in. That is exactly. crazy. You know what I mean? That's dude, what happened to Sunset. You know? Listen, dude, a lot of people didn't understand how that was going to happen. I remember my dad. He's like, when he was listening to hip hop music, he's like, ah, that's a fad. He's like, Shit. who sings? And I'm like, ah, nobody. They, they just talk. He's like, well, who's playing an instrument? I'm like, nobody. He's like, how can that become music? And that shit just took over the world. world. Right? And it's still taking over.
Hey, bro, I can remember bumping that Beastie Boys album too, uh, man. License to Ill. Yeah. That yeah, shit was dude. awesome. That was my first. That was yeah. my first concert I went to. I was in sixth grade when I went to that. That was License to Ill concert up in Bellingham, Washington. Really? That was your first concert. First concert nice. I went to. My dad took me to it. <laughs> I went with my dad. But that's my shaker. That's my shaker. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big of protein shake right now. It's Steve's protein time. Go ahead. But yeah, anyway, yeah, License to Ill. That's a sick album. I was just listening to it like two weeks ago. So and I'm like, one of the best albums of all time. So all time, sick. right? Sure. Up so there with Run DMC, no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and for me, my generation, you know, my father, he was like a Hell's Angel, worked for mm. Easy Rider Magazine. He was the editor for Easy Rider Magazine. So I had all these hardcore biker gangsters in my right. family. Then here I was, the Weddle, running around with, with Rasa, listening to hip-hop and oldies, you know, so rough, so tough, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. These fools, you know, and they were like, Frank, what are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, you guys, like, you know, uh, hey, it's not just truck drivers and bikers getting tattooed anymore, you know what I mean? Right, it was a, right. It was a, but now it's all normal, right? Like, Dude, it's all, now you know? it's so normal. Yeah. I remember a time when getting a tattoo was fucked up. Like, if you got a tattoo, that meant you were not playing by any rules. No. You couldn't yeah. get a job. Yeah. But now the athletes and, like, all the, the role models kids have today are blasted. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was watching the Olympics. I couldn't even watch the Olympics. I was trying to figure out what their tattoos were. Right. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. You know? It's almost crazy now not to have any tattoos. And, and I'll tell you something. I'm a guy that doesn't have any tattoos. And the reason is, is I'm just not a tattoo guy. I know that. I know that about myself. Uh-huh, I understand uh-huh. that and I've accepted it and I'm not judging tattoos at all. I just know I'm not that guy. We'll see. <laughs> hey, oh, I just listen. <laughs> never say never. Okay, you're right about that. But I'm saying like, I just know like uh, I've never been in a gang. Right. I've never done whatever. I'm not trying to like look tough other than to lift weights and put on muscle and all that other stuff. But as far as it goes, I don't have I wasn't part of that culture. I, you know what? I, I got to say right now that this is another reason why you're my partner and why I care about you, because you are because you do understand it. Like, I think my son has one little tattoo somewhere. Right. Vincent. OK. Right. But Vincent's like. I'm not, that's just not my thing. I'm not going to do like, right. And I think that there's a lot of people that get tattoos because they're going for the trend and it doesn't mean shit to them. They're, they're picking something off the wall and different stuff. And I think that's kind of like where it's gone. So every now and then I hear somebody that's not anti-tattoo. They're just clear that that's not their thing. Right. And I'm not anti-tattoo. I, I love the way Frank Ball looks. I love the way you got, let me describe these guys for a second. Cause people that are fucking at home, they can't see jack shit. All right, so Frank Ball, first of all, Frank Ball's a scary-looking motherfucker, right? He comes in, he's got, like, no hair on the top of his head, and he's got tattoos on the top of his head. Uh, he's got a kind of like a, I don't know what kind of mustache. What do you call that, Frank? It's not a full mustache. No, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, what do they call it? Five o'clock shadow Five o'clock shadow mustache. He's got a five o'clock shadow mustache, but then, strangely, Frank Ball doesn't have a wrinkle in his face, even though he's the senior. He's got yeah. a kid. There's not a goddamn wrinkle in his face, so he's got slight baby face. Good jeans. Blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Baby face for Go sure. Oh, right. Frank, baby baby. Baby. Frankie Jr. is rocking a brocha. He looks yeah, like he's dog. That guy looks like he's about 50. Like, everybody's like, wait a minute, which one Junior, which one's senior? Yeah. <laughs> Frank, they should, that your nickname could be Babyface, bro. Oh, that no. could be a Babyface. Dude, well, listen, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, I'm 45. Now. I'll take all. Yeah. There you go. And, then, and then he's got okay. So he's got tattoos on his scalp, which is that's commitment. When you got tattoos on your scalp, like Grim Reaper, <laughs> so you got fucking shit. And then tattoos on his neck. Uh, and then he's got I don't know. This is like a Japanese style thing on your arm, right? It's yeah, like my left red. Arm's Japanese. 
And then my right arm's uh, fine line. I fucking love that. He's got this sick looking fucking motorcycle. Yeah, I got Mahoney on my on my on my hand. I got Tim Hendricks on my arm. Stan Corona. I got Eddie on my left arm. Chris Garber. Chris Brandt. I got some sick ass tats. Dude, yeah, bro, dude, you look great. Great. He names them off. Dude, it's like collector pieces, dog. Yeah. Priceless you know art all like, over his like, body. It's, it's, it's like badass. walking through the Met and he's just naming all his bro. Artists. It like, is, bro. This one's Michelangelo. Yeah, this yeah, one's yeah, 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 exactly. Look at this guy. And then Steve, look, at I got these two tattoo giants sitting here. And by the way, Frank Ball's kind of an imposing guy. He's thick. His fucking neck looks like it's probably like 40 inches around. I don't know what that they is. They say I look like David Batista these days. I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> Drax Batista. all over town. Yeah, you do. I'm getting Drax all over town. Yeah. And, then, and then Steve, dude, listen. I'm going to tell you something about Steve. When I met Steve, Steve has these tattoos or whatever. And he, Steve, you got a picture, you got a tattoo of a woman on your arm, which is the one that you pointed to and told me, if you see this woman, tell me. I was sitting with Steve one time and Steve goes, he points, he fucking flexes. He's got I this huge it, fucking I think, I think it was this one. I yeah, and you, pointed, one. and you pointed at it and you go, hey, hey, bro, if you see this woman, let me know. Oh, no, I told you her. <laughs> I told you her. If you yeah, see her. Yeah. If you see her. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was some serious man shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, we just entered the man <laughs> zone right that's there. like when yeah. you get locked in solitary confinement, you need somebody to keep you company. Yeah, yeah. dog. You're like, hey, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I need her. Got, let me. Hey, that's when I got these little, these little flexors. Or <laughs> Where'd she go, bro? Hey, honestly. Stuff like that, bro, you know? That's some good naked women on my arm that I can use. Yeah, man, that's the Italian part. That's the fuck. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I can make this little girl's hip. Move. So, did you guys meet in Los Angeles? Who, me and Luck? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, so met, we met in West. We met in WeHo. <laughs> we met West Hollywood one we night. Met, yeah, we met in WeHo. Yeah, yeah well, West Hollywood. And you're down here in Costa Mesa now? Yeah, now I'm an attorney. Now I'm an attorney. It's my law office. We put it in a podcast. Yeah, podcast studio. Uh, and, and I've known, how long ago did we meet? 18, 19, 2002. Like 2002. It's a trip, the, the connection between Costa Mesa and Hollywood. Like, I've always, like, meet people from West L.A., Hollywood, and, and Costa Mesa. You know what? Really? It's like it just jumps. Like, you it, know The what reason I mean? why, I'm going to tell you something about Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa is the hidden gem of Orange County. That's what's up. That's, That's because up. it's, like, right next to the beach, but it's not Newport bullshit. Right. And it's close enough to all the shit you want to buy, like South Coast Plaza fucking blah, 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 Fashion mm -hmm. Island, da, da, mm -hmm. da. All that shit's all around, and yet it's still reasonable and quiet right here, but... You're right by the freeway. So if you yeah. jump on it, yeah. boom. I fuck with it. That's a clutch. Yes. Hey, yeah, man. Costa Mesa's been my home between Hollywood and Costa Mesa I love for like it. the last 20, 30 years. Like I go out in Hollywood, I get crazy. I come back to Costa Mesa, sober up, get my head. That's yeah. it, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like That's the weather's it. always good. The yes. freeway's right there. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love Costa Mesa. Okay, right. so Frank, where are you at right now? I'm um, in Costa Mesa. You're, so you're living right near here? Yeah I, live, yeah, I thought I was going to Santa Monica for this. I'm like, what? I'm going to Costa Mesa? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Awesome. Now, and where's Good Time Charlie's at? Good Time Charlie's is up in Anaheim. In Anaheim, and that's that's Jack Rudy's shop, correct? Yeah. So that's where Frank's working out of right that's now. So everybody listening, right everybody knows you want to go to Jack Rudy's spot and see Frank Ball. That's Good Time Charlie's, okay? If you want the in shit Anaheim, done right, you want yeah. the shit done right. Yeah. If you and want I, some, and I also manage the True at Heart HB, which is the old HB location on Beach Boulevard, yeah. in Indianapolis. 
right on the beach, beautiful. I love ocean hunting waves. I love know, hunting and beach, through, man. You know, yeah. And uh, that's what I'm up to. And then also, I, I married a woman from Texas, my beautiful Erica Ball. I love her so much. Oh, and, uh, nice, bro. She, uh, she's, she's, so I married into Texas, and I've been going out to Texas a lot. I've been fucking with Austin. I'm, I'm hearing Austin. that you might go Austin, Austin is the clutch. I heard Austin's, Austin's pretty fucking dope. Yeah, People are man, moving to Austin. Say, There's a lot of opportunity. It's in Austin. like when I look at the weather on my phone, I'm like, what's it like in Hollywood? What's it like in Costa Mesa? What's it like in New York? What's it like in Austin, Texas? Yeah. yeah that's what I fucking And is it always you know sunny? I mean? Man, Austin is beautiful, man. Yeah. I love it. The river. I love the, the bats. I love the culture there. Yeah. They got some they got some rock and roll culture going on, you know? Right. I like, love you know, that. Like Mexican homies rolling around with like cowboy boots and like death metal shirts. <laughs> I love <laughs> dude, bleach blonde and shit. I'm like, I, that's cool. That's dude. crazy. Dude. I love that SA Rock. SA <laughs> Rock is the best. Those guys yeah. are fucking committed. Yeah. Like yeah. those guys are going all the way. Yeah, I love SA Rock. I love kicking it at Sixth Street with all Saints, man. That shit's badass, dude. Vincent went to uh treatment in Austin, Texas, and he told me that he goes, Dad, this this town is a beautiful town. Like the, oh, it's, it's just it's amazing. Yeah. It's That's a big exactly. little town. Right. It's a big town, but it's still little, you know, and I just, man, I, I went there. It. I was there once on tour. I was running around with Travis. Uh, Blink-182 was doing tours when we were building Famous. And I went on tour with them through a few different states. And we went through Austin. And at that point in time, Austin was a big, like, college town. Right. I remember yeah. being a college town. Mm -hmm. But I remember it had some aesthetics that were very, that were gorgeous to that town. Yeah. Man. It was a really good-looking place. Well, you know, I ain't going to lie. I, I like my hipster shit, too. You know what I mean? I, yeah. like, my, I like my coffee and my so juices. Like I like the, you know. <laughs> right. I like, the, I like the nice... Uh, you know, uh, restaurants and stuff, and they got a lot of that going on. Um, they got a, a bitchin' music scene. Uh, the people in Texas are awesome. I find, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're really down to earth. And, and uh, You know what? I'm really going to say something crazy. I'm going to say something crazy. I've been all throughout the South. Like, I took a three-month sabbatical and just drove by myself and camped all through the South. I had the best time. Not a single person. Everybody was cool. Had a good time. In Texas. Texas, Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana. Georgia, yeah. fucking Southern Alabama. hospitality, baby. Yeah. I swear to God. And I tell my, my wife, she's straight up L.A. lady. So she's like, anything in the South freaks her out. And I'm like, listen, let me tell you something. The South is the shit. People are good down there, I right? I love it. Ain't I this fucking, a peach? I love it. Ain't this a peach? <laughs> I love it. No, man, it's cool, man. Uh, you know. Uh, sobriety is good down there. Mm -hmm. You know, the meetings are good. Let's talk. Know? Let's talk a little. Let's back up a little bit, Frank, because, uh, you know, listen, me and Frank on some levels have our life. Is the word peril? Is that the right? Parallel. Is that a real word? Parallel. parallel. I know parallel, but so our lives have been parallel. There's no, yeah. there's not a peril. There isn't something like there's, there's there was peril, peril there's, in the parallel. Like peril. Peril. <laughs> P, so peril is P-E-R-I-L. That means danger. So that probably does apply to you guys. Peril. Yeah, no. Well, I but was if meaning, you're saying that they're at the same place yes, and they're analogous, right? Then what you're saying is they're it's parallel. parallel. Yeah, I understand that, night, But yeah. I understand that. But I thought that there was a word that is kind of like you say it, like our lives periled. Yeah. That's not real. That's no, not really no. a word. Paired. Okay. okay. You could say paired. Okay. Paired. So, anyways, uh, back to uh, you know. Okay. Now let's get back Dude, to the don't interview. Worry. And not uh, only will you listen. This show is amazing because not only will you learn some of the <laughs> deepest, darkest secrets about tattooing and fucking essay about the look, but you will also get a vocabulary lesson. You don't know when the shit's gonna okay. pop up. So, uh, me and you know. I have been very open about my life, my struggles, my 
my a lot of my demons and what I've I've dealt with and fought with. And you know, Frank's gone through some tumultuous times, as I have with uh, some successes and some. Um, you know, I don't want. I hate the word failure. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. It's roller coaster. And yeah. uh, you know, we've battled some demons. You Trials know, and tribulations. tribulations. There you yeah. go. And so Frank, I mean, and and part of this, and I'm just going to say this right now, is that. I'm I'm just really happy that this guy's here, that he's here, that he you know he 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 did what he needed to do. He's got his life on track. He's been doing good for a while now, and it's just good to have this guy here. I know that you know times were tough, just like they were for me, self-imposed. <clears throat> yeah, man. Uh, I do think that our lives paralleled a lot because we were from that same generation. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think my life was a little bit more punk rock and rock and roll than than uh, Steve's here. But you know, we we also shared that hip hop culture. Like breakdancing was big when I was a kid. You Did know? you breakdance, Frank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they used to have breakdance day. I went to I went to school in La Puente, California, and uh, they'd have breakdance day. You got to bring your ghetto blaster and a piece of cardboard. You know, that's oh, great. Yeah. It's like that's our generation. You know, and, and uh, skateboarding and punk rock and all that. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, smoking weed before it was legal. Uh, right. Having kids at the same time, running around with the homies. You know, tattoos. You know late nights in Hollywood and then, you know, divorce and, you know, incarceration, rehab, you right. know, you know, the ups and downs. I mean, it's, it's part of our generation now, you know, we've all, right. Kind of that's just like it. a, that's like a resume. Yeah. And that's like pre Oxycontin, you know, right. and that's exactly. like pre, you know, and so uh, we've all been through <laughs> it. Um, but man, you know, my son's been through it, you know, Steve shared his son's been through it. But right now, I'm so grateful to say my son is four years sober. All right. My daughter's clean. My awesome. wife's sober. Like we're like a sober family, you know, I love doing that. this thing, you know. I uh, love that. Big shout out to Frankie Ball Jr. at Lincoln Tattoo Company. Big shout out to my daughter Maxine Angel Ball. She's a, a state of the art microblader. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. My youngest daughter Olivia is at school up in Berkeley at Mills College. I just saw Olivia you know the other night, wait, two wait, weeks wait, ago. Wait, yeah. wait, but, but yeah. the microblading—that's the eyebrow shit, right? Yeah, they like cut little lines into your. It's amazing. It looks just like real eyebrows. Right. The line, they cut little lines with little razors that look kind of like tattoo needles. Yeah. Then they rub a dye in. Yeah. Then when they rub it off, it's like, boom, they have real eyebrows. Listen, listen. You know, and listen, it's the all, new thing. Lots of, of respect arch. and love to the cholas that are listening. I love you. Nobody's <laughs> down for your man like you guys. But you guys, some of you need some eyebrow help. Some of you need some eyebrow <laughs> so help. So go get some eyebrow help from Miss yeah, Ball. At State of the Arts. She's down. No, you know, um, everybody's doing good. My, my wife is a drug and alcohol counselor. She's a... Uh, licensed, certified. Uh, 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 well, you wouldn't know that, anyways. <laughs> got her, uh, got her degree from uh, 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 was it uh, West Te or Northwest Dallas uh, University? You know, yeah. uh, so like sobriety is a big deal in my family. We're hardcore, you know, and I'm openly anonymous. That's yeah, I like okay, yeah, I like anonymous. that. I like that. You know, I share it, you know, because uh, at this point in time, I mean, it's so relevant to the culture we're living in. I mean, there's celebrity rehab. Intervention. Yep. It's all over the place. We've yeah, all, we've yeah. all you know been through it, and um, and I and I and I don't mind sharing you know like uh, where I've been and, and what I learned. All right, they, all right. If, yeah. if you don't mind sharing, let's 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 ask you what was the thing the because a lot of times they talk. Listen, I got my, I had my own issues. <laughs> I got, hey, I got more issues in the LA Times. <laughs> <laughs> listen, so so like like I know when it was what happened when I was like you know what that's it. Like I'm, I'm done. Like I just, so when was like, when was the bottom for you where you were like, you know what? Fuck it. My bottoms had trap doors, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, I gotta tell you though. I mean, uh, you know, I got sober years ago and I, I had like almost 10 years of sobriety, got my kids raised and everything. Yeah. And I thought I was good. You know? Right. 
I went through my second divorce. My second wife relapsed. And I thought I thought I had it handled, and, and somehow, some way, I, I went back. You know, I started taking Xanax from the doctor, and going. You know, <laughs> I was ROP and it, running my own program. Yeah. And then you know, I, re- I was a single dad, raised my kids. And then my kids got into it, you know, and it's like, it triggered me. You know? Right. So next thing I knew, I found myself in that same position again. Um, I got busted at 40 years old with a gun, you know, because they're out to get me, of course. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was like fell in with the firearms. I had to go to. Uh, Back to prison at 40 years old. You know, oh, my. So how for, long were you? 16. Six, how was it? How, how long? So, okay, hold Eight on months, a second. 16 with half. So you're, yeah. rolling, so, so you're rolling kind of fast. So this is interesting. So what you're saying, what I thought I heard you say was like, look, a certain time when you're playing around with the, the devil's cookies, you start to get a little paranoid and worried about like whatever. So you were carrying a gun, but you're saying you were a felon and with a gun. Most people don't know if you, if you actually get caught with that, what did they give you? Yeah, that's what's funny. Back when marijuana was illegal. <laughs> you had like some felony, you know what I mean? Yeah. Drug, drug charges, drug trafficking. Right. With marijuana, now you're a felon. You right. Know? Exactly. And uh, you know whether my uh, delusions were real or not real. Like I said, my family has a, like pretty interesting uh, history. <laughs> you know, uh, I felt it necessary to carry a firearm. Sure. And uh, it was uh, illegal. And right. So they gave me 16 with half. I did eight months of 40 years old. Rolling with the homies, you know? What was that uh, like? What, so so a lot of people don't know anything about that. What was it like at 40? To- after having 10 years sober, raising kids and everything, going back to the program, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, running with the South Side and the Pinta, you know? Uh, it was a trip. Did anyone Because, you have- know, I'm seeing grown men in there yeah. that are going to retire to the CDC. I'm right. seeing young kids that got all day. They're right. doing life, you know? And they look like my son and stuff. And it was heartbreaking. It was... It was a. It was definitely a lesson of like, this is where you're gonna. Pancho's story could end there, you know. Right. At Forty years old, but I got out. I got right back into the program, you know. I was I was getting my kids clean and and doing the deal, and uh, I relapsed again, and I and I was almost off parole, right? Yeah. So I was that guy, even though I'd say I'd never be that guy. I was that guy. Right. And uh, a glass of wine turned uh, into some other things yeah <laughs> and this is a really interesting story okay so i pull into a i got a big brand new harley the same one i got outside i pull into a harley dealership to use the restroom i'm fully relapsed and uh these guys call my dad and they go hey frank's here and he is too loaded to ride that bike and my dad's like well do what you got to do and of course you know like you said i'm 260 pounds six right. foot tall these guys were too like intimidated to say anything to me <laughs> so you know it's a new bottom when a harley davidson store calls the cops on you you know right. what i mean that's damn, damn. Like, frank come on frank. Like, they couldn't ask for my <laughs> keys you know so like i come out of the bathroom and there's the the huda and they're like hey frank and they're like talking to me by name <laughs> and i'm like oh and they're like hey are you on parole or probation and all of a sudden it just comes to me yes i am on parole <sighs> they're like well you know search and seizure and I'm thinking, I didn't have any drugs on me. I'm good. Like, uh, you know, they're like, oh, is that your bike over there? And I was oh, like, oh, these rat bastards. Man. You know, like, there's like all like like 30 bikes out there. And they knew which one was mine. Oh. And, and they found a clavo on the on the bike. And uh, they're locking me up. And I'm like, oh, my. Like, I just start coming out of it. Like, uh, it started with a glass. sobering up real yeah, quick. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I started with a glass of wine and ended up, you know, in the back Gang. of a cop car, just like they say in all the meetings. And I'm like, oh my god, you know, and and it was a lot, and it was like a lot of drugs, cause like I know those kinds of people that just give you like that much drugs, and uh, you know, <laughs> so they're getting me for drug trafficking sales, and I'm like, oh my god, so these guys that called the cops, they just wanted to keep me from hurting myself on the motorcycle. Right now, I'm looking at ten years in prison. Fucking I'm, for- hey, I'm 41 years old, you know, I just did eight months, and my heart is just breaking. Right. 
and I can't believe that this is happening to Frank Ball, big famous Frank big Ball Frank from Ball. Hollywood, right? Yeah. Right. And and all of a sudden, you know, I it's get always like that, bro. You <laughs> can never you can never imagine <laughs> yeah, that's happening yeah, to yeah. you. So I'm getting processed through the loop. You know, I get to the to the dorm. You know, I'm meeting the homies, doing the get down. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't I don't want to be the blue-eyed white guy in the south side car. I just want to go yeah. home. I want to go to meetings in, in Orange County and wear We're flip-flops. And right. Right. And coffee, all you know of a sudden. I don't want to be a gangster. I don't want to be yeah. like that. But I'm going to do it because this is what's up. And then all of a sudden, they call out my name. <sighs> and I'm getting bailed out. The homie's like, you're getting bailed out. I'm like, nobody bails me out, man. They're right. like, that guy deserves it. you know. Like, <laughs> and sure enough, uh, my sponsor, Johnny Perez, and my son had bailed me out of jail. No shit. I heard so the story from the back end that these guys <laughs> hustled it up to bail this guy out. So here yeah. I am, 40, 41 years old, getting bailed out of jail on a 10-year bid from my son, Frankie Jr. Wow. My son lived to be my, my hero. You know hey, what I mean? It takes and, what it takes. And I, hey, man, you know, they met me that morning and they said, Frank, do you surrender? I was like, hell yes, I surrender. <laughs> I was like, like a neon sign in the background. Surrender, surrender. I surrender. I'll do whatever you guys say. I'll walk 12 steps, you know? And, uh, you know, they, they got me a lawyer. Nice. And they got me health insurance. And nice. they got me in treatment. Yeah. You know, they got me in detox. I did the whole damn thing. I did a, a 90 days inpatient, 90 days outpatient. Nice. You know what I mean? Did the whole thing, went to court, beat that case, got some probation. Yeah. Had to report right here to the Costa Mesa, you know what I mean? Yeah, Police yeah. station twice a month. They came out to my pad once a month. It was very strict, but I, I, I cashed it all in, finished that up. I got married. Life's good today. Nice. You know, I love just going to the gym, riding my heart. That's it. Doing tattoos, hanging out with my wife, hanging out with my kids. I love my life. I would never go back to that. Awesome. You know, and I know that I know that I say that. Yeah, you know what I mean? but the but dragon's it's the always out continuing there. to work a program. Right, know? the dragon's yeah. always out there, man. Yeah, yeah, He's it's always out there. Exactly. But I mean, I, I was all those uh, things we were talking about. The yets, the, the, you know what I mean? Uh, like I just can't even believe it. Like just telling you guys that I actually lived through that. Right. Because it was hardcore. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it is hardcore. You know what, Frank? You know? I think that you made a statement there when you said that you couldn't believe that this was happening. To big old bad Frank Ball. And that realization hits you, bro, when the shit shows up. And that's when you start to realize these guys that get life sentences and these guys that get locked up, that same thought comes across their head at some point in time where they say, how the fuck did this happen to me? How is this me? I, I That realization, man, I remember sitting in a prison cell with Polly B sitting in a jail cell with Polly B in Culver City holding tank, and we already had two strikes, and this was our third strike case. And I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm saying, how the fuck am I gonna end up getting a life sentence, man? How did that happen? And the, all those ideas of meetings with flip flops and getting some donuts and some coffee and yeah. nice air conditioning yeah, yeah. and yeah. and you're like, yeah, fuck, bro, I'll do anything, <laughs> I'll do that. I have, you know, all of a sudden, you know. And I I used to say to people. I'll push some chairs and put away chairs at the end of the meeting here on the streets because I don't want to be that guy that's putting away chairs at some meeting in Pelican Bay. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Because it could easily be like that too. You know what I'm right. saying? And uh, how willing am I? Because sure, your ass is willing when you're sitting in the back of a cop car. Your oh. ass is willing when you're in the court holding tank. You, you can find the willingness to do this shit and change your life and ask for help. For sure. But 
depending on you know we but can if the find fire, that there if the fire is not there mm-hmm. then you can find yourself getting comfortable Eggs. yes and then that's how the dragon gets you it's not that serious until it's to that me, serious it's, it's a journey of powerlessness it's a journey of surrender yeah you know i have to just uh you know it's every day it's a daily thing you know uh you know you'll meet some guy he's got 20 years clean sober and he's miserable Yes, and he's got the business and yeah. the job and the problems with the wife and the and all the bills and the kids and the stress, and he's sitting in a meeting and he's scrolling on his phone and he can't sit <laughs> still because he's not surrendered, you know. And you meet a guy, he's got two days sober, he's fucking serene, Jack. He's just glad to be there and alive, no, you know right. what I mean? No, right. No, so to me, no. it's not the quantity; it's the quality, and the quality of my my sobriety is equal to my surrender, you know. And that's where I'm at today with it. For man. sure, that's where I'm at with it. For sure, and sometimes. Uh, like for me, I definitely think that, and I, and you know, they say like, uh, you know, time doesn't matter, and it doesn't. It could get anybody, but there is something too if you're if if you're doing the deal and you're surrendering. There is something to a perspective shift. If you've seen yourself go through things without having to rely on this other thing, if you've seen yourself survive, like you know, some bad moments and realizing like you didn't die, and you didn't need to fill the void with something. Like you didn't need to put something in there and you just kept going. And like now, so, so for me, I, 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 when people say that, I agree with it. But then I also want to say like, but there is something to stacking good quality. No, bro, time. there, there yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. is, bro. And, and when I would hear people say, I ain't no time, no time, don't get, I would get something. You know, but it does, it does. And on the same token, there's the guys that ride on nothing but the time. Dude, and I'm like. I don't want to be fucking miserable. So those guys, for sure. Now listen, ju- like you said, that's not up, you though, bro. That's up, not you, Juma. Stacked up unquality time, like bad quality stacked up time. That ain't shit. That's a house of cards. Hey, that's just like when I'm talking to youngsters, uh, you know, whether in the tattoo business or, or they're getting sober or whatever it may be, you know. And you tell them, hey, it's gonna work out. It's gonna get better. It always does. And right. they'll look at me and they'll say, well, how do you know that, Frank? I know that because I've been there, fool. You know what I mean? Right. I lived through to those divorces. I lived through those, those court cases. I lived through bankruptcies. I, I lived tell, through, you know what I mean? I got, dude, listen, you I know? got young people that talk. Now, listen, I'm, I'm about to be 44, but I got people that talk to me, right? And not only do I got a lot, I got some years on this planet, but I got a lot of schooling on top of all that, right? Grew up on a reservation, grew up off the reservation, no mother in my life ever, just grew up with a dad. Right, straight up just dad shit all the way down, all this stuff. And then I got people that talk to me about this, that, and I'm like, listen, some of them think the world's going to end because their heart's broken. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, listen, I'm not minimizing it. It hurts like a motherfucker. When your heart is broken and you really feel that feeling and you can't believe it and you think, like, how could this, and, and all, but believe it or not, there's life after that. There is life after heartbreak. Yes, yes. A hundred percent. Yes, yes, yes. And you cannot see it when you're in it, man. No. It's, it's just like you can't see the solution when you're in the middle of the addiction or just coming out of it, you know? And I just tell you, man, it is, it is, uh, man, it, there's been a lot of ups and downs. And when you say that, Frank, and you talk about trap doors, you know, and, and thinking I was done, you know, how many times did I say I was done? How many times did I think I was done? Um, or, or where am I at today? Am I really done? Or am I building my relapse again? Am I building a house of deck cards? What does my foundation look like? You know, 
all these questions, you know, over time and time again, over experiencing and being around this program and around my personal recovery and the recovery of others, you, these questions you start to ask yourself on a daily basis, where are you at? What are you doing to secure what you have today? Yeah, what are you going to do different today? Yeah. You know what I mean? To keep your sobriety. And are you willing to go to any length? Dude. Are you willing to go to any length? To stay sober. And, Dude, and that's listen, what I ask myself the thing day. that I'm working on that right now that's the hardest thing for me, I'm just gonna be straightforward. I'm gonna be honest. The thing that I'm working on right now that's the hardest spiritual thing for me to do right now is to be present. And I'm telling you, in the last three years and then this last year, I've really come to understand that I rush through a lot of shit. I rush through a lot of shit or when I'm doing something that I anticipate is going to be painful, I got one extra thing to kind of distract me, right? I got like a music on or I got a whatever, whatever. And I'm realizing now I was just reading this book and this Zen master was saying that's when you are either going automatic through a situation or you are wishing you were somewhere else than where you are at, you are killing the life of the present moment. And I, that, to me, is the hardest thing because I'm an impatient dude. Yeah. I, it's really interesting you say that because I was just thinking that that, uh, that scientists just are, are uh, saying that our perception of time is speeding up because of the cell phone. Makes sense. And to me, it's like when I think about people relapsing and I see, I'm like, how do they afford to do that? Like, I mean, it's so expensive to live now. And like, it's like I get up, I go to the gym, I right. go to work. Boom, right. boom, boom. Next thing I know, I'm back at home with my wife again. Right. Uh, you know, everything's moving so fast. Right. Who has time to, to, to like sit around and like get high and like, like luxury? I, I don't even know how you do that anymore, right. you know? Like right here in Costa Mesa, they call this the, you know, the uh, the rehab Riviera. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're flying here from all over the country mm -hmm. to get sober, you know? Right. And God bless them all. And then they get sober and they're like, I'm going to stay in California. I'm like, that's sweet. Then they get out of sober living and they realize how expensive it is to live in California. Right. You know what I mean? And that's stre stressful and triggering, right? For sure. You know? uh, man, it's, it's, it just trips me out because everything's moving so fast. And uh, I, I have really, really grasped uh, a hold of the, the tattoo art recently. I'm kind of having a, a reinvention of myself. Right, I, like I a really, renaissance. I, re I really appreciate it, man. Everything it's done for my family, what it's done for me. Uh, it has supported me and, and fed my family, you know, for over three decades. Isn't that amazing? I love it, man. Isn't that amazing that, like, an art form on the human skin that, I mean, first of all, like, how did you even come to be a tattoo artist? Like, were you a great drawer or what? Well, you know, like, it's interesting because, you know, they have mummies that are 2000 BC. Egypt. Covered in tattoos. Absolutely. You know? It's been a part of all of our indigenous cultures. Absolutely. It's been a part of, of, of every culture around the world. Um and, uh, you know, it's like it's like the forgotten history of man. You know, they say like um, uh, uh, humans today have, have like amnesia. They forget where they came from. But tattooing's played a part. I, I started tattooing. Uh, everybody's like, oh, what'd you practice on? I'm like, the homies. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up in East L.A. Uh, my father was a biker. I, I was, you know, I grew up around tattoo art. The, the homies, the lowriders, the Chicano uh, culture, the bikers, you know. Did you know right stuff. away, though? Were you like, I want to do that? Well, it's interesting you say that. Because like I shared before, you know, I was selling weed. I think I was working in a movie theater. Like I was like 14 <laughs> years old. I was working at a pizza place. I was, I was hustling. Yeah. And then I was drawing like these punk rock flyers and people were taking my flyers and going and get them tattooed on them, you know, over a fat, fat Georgia tattoo gallery in La Puente. Uh. And I'd be, like, I'd be like, Hey, how much did you pay for that? And they'd be like, Oh, like 200 bucks. And I'd be like, 
do you know how many lids I got to sell? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I got to do to make, and I was like, man, lids. I'm going to start tattooing. Hold on a second. I mean? Lids, lids for, yeah, that's yeah, the old timey weed talk. It was like two, two fingers across the bag. Yeah, <laughs> dog. Two, two fingers, fingers across fingers the bag. That's like, bag, that's yeah. like for all you youngsters yeah. that don't know what a lid is, that's yeah. what it is. That's like old Cheech and Chong shit. Yep. All yep, right. Yep. But, uh, you know, I, uh, my, my father introduced me to some Hells Angel bell bondsman who had a tattoo kit, you know, and, uh, and before we were using rotaries, I got that tattoo kit and the rest was history, man. You know, I started tattooing and I didn't want to look back. You know? let, me, let me ask you a question. All right. So d is there ever a time when someone comes up to you and is like, hey, I want a tattoo and I'm willing to pay. But then what they tell you is so fucked up or so bad. You're like, no, nah, I'm not going to be a part of that. Mm. Have you ever denied someone a tattoo? Yeah. Like at this point in my career, I won't tattoo anything. in any way like offensive to any other cultures or anybody like that but you know like i go to the gym you know and everybody's blasted in the gym now right and you'll see these guys and they just have these sleeves that just look like something they just grabbed off of instagram you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, there's some yeah, kid yeah. just like you know cut and pasted together on his ipad and just threw it on his arm and and you know and even though even if it's done well you'll think to yourself man like what the heck you know, but they come into the shop and that's what they want. You know what I mean? So wait a second. So like you're talking a little bit about like it sounds like the like maybe a, philo a philosophy or at least a cohesive idea behind the sleeve. And you're saying it looks like a mishmash because they're just looking at a bunch of pictures that they think are some cool shit and putting it on. Or what is it that what, what, what makes good sleeves? Well, you know, like um, there is a tattoo culture. There's a very thick, uh, very deep um uh, just full of, 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 of history and culture from everywhere around the world. And there are like few people that really honor these, these artists like Horiyoshi, Ed Hardy, you know, Jack Rudy, Bob Roberts, Mark Mahoney, um, you know, the uh, tattoo, tattoo Lou in Miami, uh, all the way back to uh, 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 the artists in, in Europe. And, um, you know, uh, you'll see some people that have really like, you know, invested a lot of time and energy and in, and in, and in, in, in picking out their artwork. And then you see guys, they just grabbed it off Instagram. Right. Know? And uh, I'll be honest with you. I'll want to say like, uh, no, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, this is what this man wants. This is what this woman wants. And who am I to tell them what they're going to get? So, so on you know some, what I mean? So, so I'll try my best to to like uh, you know, give it some class, give it some taste, you know. But these days, like I tell my son, he gets frustrated about it. There's more of them than there is us. But so on you know? some level, it's like on honoring a, a, a man or a woman's choice yeah. when they put it on. Has and, and let me ask you another question. This is what I there's a kind of intimacy with tattooing, is there not? I mean, like if you're tattooing the homies and you're doing their chest, I mean, how long are you like like you can you're smell investing them? hours for can I smell them? them? You can I hope not. You can you can you, <laughs> no, but you're I'll put the desk fan on so it just blows it right past me. But you're investing hours with them. You're that close to their Absolutely. skin. Absolutely, you're 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 investing. But there, there, there's a conversation. There's it's an investment, man. You're you're gonna know that person at a level. Right after you're done tattooing somebody, you spend that much time with them. You know, they call it tattoo therapy. You know, oh, a lot of yeah. times people will like, I feel like they just come up with a reason to get tattooed just so they can come hang out with me and talk about the current events right. of life. I'm kind of like the barber, their, barber their shop input. type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, what their input, you know, what my input is on things. And, and, um, uh, and that's, that's cool. You know, I mean, okay, here's the deal.
Yeah. There are more people getting tattooed right now than ever before in the history of time. Right. There's more people tattooing right now than ever before in the history of time. Right. It is it is it has gone mainstream, but at the same time there is still an underlying, you know, deep 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 culture, you know, that is that that is uh the the foundation of tattooing and and uh it, like we were saying earlier time is flying like so fast now that I'll try to take time to uh talk to my clients about what it means, what they're getting, you know, and everything. Right. But man, I got to school tell them you, a little bit. I'm trying to school them a little bit, but not be offensive. You know, I don't want to chase off their money. You know, <laughs> right, I, right, right. You know, they say that like a, an, an artist seeks to express himself. Right. But a craftsman seeks to profit. Well, a tattooist has to be a little bit of both. Right. Right. You know what I mean, I got to pay my bills. I got to support my family. But, uh, you know, you try to like give them a little bit of a, a history behind things. But I got to tell you, you know, I've been flying around, traveling all over the United States, tattooing recently. And, and things are moving so fast, you know, and people come in and if that's what they want to get. Who am I to tell them, you know, what they shouldn't or shouldn't get? You know, it's like, but I won't do anything offensive. I won't right. do anything. If I, if I think it's not taste, taste, tasteful or I don't think that these people are ready. You know, you got kids that come in, they want their neck and their hand blasted. They don't even have sleeves yet. Yeah, yeah. We were so, talking uh, about that the other day, man. Kids coming in and it's a whole big new rap, the, the Instagram rappers. They've got their hands blasted yeah. and their neck or face blasted, and yeah. then there's nothing else. Oh, you mean Post Malone, the Post Malone generation? Is that it? Is that what you call <laughs> yeah. it? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Face, face tattoos, hand tattoos, neck tattoos used to mean you were a straight prison yard murderer. Exactly. You know what I mean? It was now because it you ran you out of room. You a fixie and you're a vegan. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. It, you ran out of room, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's no, yeah. simply the reason the was level. because you ran out of room on your arms, everything was filled up. So you still want to do, do what you wanted to do, express yourself. So you would go where you didn't have any ink. And that was the reason why neck and tat and face tattoos and hands, because you'd ran out of room everywhere else. Well, now they're starting with the, they're and starting just, with that. Well, yeah, you know, if you have a hand or a neck or a face tattoo, we call those job stoppers. Right. So, so, so obviously you're saying I can support myself so, without right. being accountable yeah, but Dude, you know no, what? You know, That's what it used to be. Other Listen, and, and you let me and, yeah. say this before we go any further. When I decided to get my neck, the back of my neck tattooed even, and Which made that I did same, that tattoo. Yes, you did. Right? <laughs> or go to the hands. I had said to myself, hey, you know what? I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to be my own boss. Yeah. I'm not going to have to. That was but my you know frame what? of thought and back listen, then. Let me tell you something. Also, I think which influences the younger generation is that there aren't any jobs. Like a lot of these people <laughs> are no, worried. The there's there not any there jobs. So like you I got know? a neck tattoo. What's the difference? Uh, you know what? They may be thinking like they're that. living at home they and there's not like any that. jobs out there. That might be, you know, like I really we said earlier, that. they're looking at their, they're looking at Post Malone. They're looking at like all their, uh, Six nine, they're looking at all these rappers. Yeah, let me tell you those are their role models. Because you know? I used to say, but those ones are rich. But exactly, exactly. <laughs> at least you but I used to. Rich. You know, I used know. to say, which I like Post Malone. No I did say. I, no I, I used to say I, I was like going to blast music. my neck. He looks crazy, but I do like his. I, like his I music. said I was going to blast I'll my neck him. if I once I made a million dollars, because I knew that I wouldn't have to rely on going and getting a job like that. I'm not being. I'm not joking right now. I'm being totally serious. I won't blast the front of my neck. Until I had a certain amount of money that was going to secure my future stability. Right. right. Yeah. Financially, because I didn't want to have to go get a job and that's going to stop me from getting a job. But that frame of mind and that thinking is no longer that people don't think like that. Right. Well, you probably don't think like that anymore either, Steve, because you've made a couple million and lost it anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah <laughs> easy come, easy go. Yeah, easy come, so. easy yeah, go. You're, you're right listen, on that. The, tattoos, the money that's, goes, but the tattoos stay. Yes. Listen, that's why, that's why I have my own firm and I grow my hair out. 
That's right. Because there you go. If, if I'm working over at like fucking O'Melveny and Myers, O'Melveny and Myers, one of the big firms, uh-huh. I can't have this long hair. They won't go Nobody wants to pay an attorney like 300 bucks an hour who's got long hair. Right. Right. They want right, you to right, look right, like you're sure. uptight, stressed out, that you're not enjoying the whole thing. Right. That, you ain't going to hand go. over 500 bucks. You're right. like, hey, this guy better look like he's And I understand that too. Right. And I do. I got no problem with that. But because I have an American Indian bent, right? I'm like, I'm going to grow my hair out and that's what's going to set me apart. But I'm going to have to start my own firm. That's right. It's going to have right. to be my Just raise the bar. It just raises the bar. It. That's all. That's it. So uh, I totally understand. And that's why I kind of also I'm saying like I fully understood on some level like, you know, uh, that I wasn't a tattoo guy. Not because I have a judgment against it at all. I love the way it looks fucking fierce. I love it. It's like when I yeah, see. Yeah, you got a, you got you got a tough look, man. You know, I'll be like that attorney right there. He's gonna get shit done. Yeah, Listen, yeah. If your attorney, dude. he's if gonna go in and tomahawk somebody. That's it. If your attorney doesn't lift weights, like yeah, if your don't attorney trust doesn't lift weights, he's well, lazy. Don't yeah, hire him. Don't yeah. hire him. Yeah. Don't exactly. even do and, I, and I believe that about everybody. Yeah. If yeah. the mug doesn't work out, I don't. I'm already not trusting you. You're lazy. Right. What are you doing, you fat what? bastard? Exactly. I don't yeah. need you sitting at home eating sausage yeah, and watching exactly, the Exactly, man. Like there's a, <laughs> that much up. you couldn't get done. You're already showing me what you can't do. All right, now <laughs> listen. Let me get back to something now. Yeah. What I did want to say is that something, and I don't know if everybody pays attention to this, but I certainly do. Successful tattoo artists, tattoo artists that have been in the game for a while. Think about that, okay? You. It's, it's not only the tattoo work that you're providing. It's also the attitude of the tattoo artist. Right. It has a lot to do with people coming back to you and you being successful about your attitude. Right. And if you, I've been around a lot of tattoo artists, bro, good and bad. Okay. okay. But what I'm saying is that if you pay attention to somebody that's successful in the tattoo business as a tattoo artist, you'll see that for one, they have a lot of good one-liners. collect one-liners yeah they're usually pretty funny yeah they can tell stories very well right great delivery punchlines the one-liners they've got an answer for everything they've got a bunch of funny funny jokes about pain tattoos uh, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the topics that are going to come up while you're getting tattooed, right. they've already got like a bunch of funny shit for you. Right. That when you hear it as you're getting tattooed, you're like, oh my God, that's fucking. It like, makes the experience. Right. You're like, did that? But it sounds like they just came off the top with that shit. And you're like, oh my God. Like, no, but these but guys are operators. Yeah. Yes. But am I right or wrong? Am I right or wrong? A lot of human interaction. A lot of human interaction. And so I got to say that. I'm naturally drawn to to different friends of mine that tattoo. I mean, there's something to it, man. Yeah. Like even Frank, the way he handles himself and just like, you've got to be, it's not just about doing a good tattoo. And Frank is excellent at the work he does. Right, that's, but it's that's also the about, entry. That's the first gate. You just, being able to technically be good at making a tattoo. Okay, great. That's just level one. Right, right. Like, that's just technique. Can you can you can you keep somebody comfortable, entertained, engaged? Yeah, the relationship. The relationship, man. And I think that that's a special quality that successful people that have been in the game for a long time they have those pieces. They're well put together. Like that's how I kind of see Frank. He's put together well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he comes across like that. I mean, uh, he's a very personable uh, like dude. Uh, even though he's got an Thank imposing you. look, and I'm sure if you catch him on the wrong day. I mean, dude, have you, 
Listen, let me ask you There's some wrong days. Yes, there's, there's some, some people days. that caught some wrong days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they used to catch a lot more wrong days when I was younger. I seem to have uh, learned how to deal with things without so what trying to go there. What tattoos did Frank do on you, Lucky? Oh, well, there's a number. Okay, okay so let's do it. We'll let's start, take the tour. We'll, take us down the walk. The we'll tattoo walk. Tour. I don't think we tour. have enough let's, time for it. Let's go. Show me. Okay, so Show me the city. Frank did the Santa Monica on my stomach. Um, it's like Frank old did, English. Yes, it's old across English the letters stomach. across stomach. When when did he do that? Frank did that in like ninety. I think ninety. Yeah, four ninety five. Yeah, no, it was before that because I was already in prison. Ninety three, maybe ninety. What, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Early, early in. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, hold on. Uh, hold on before, a second. He didn't. He did the outline of it. Okay. And he did the outline of the lucky on my chest. Okay. So he did the outline letters. So by the time I left Frank Ball, I had my hood and my name yeah. with the outlines on it. So all you had to do was fill it in. All you had to do was fill it in. You see the size of these letters, bro? Yeah, they're like, they're like three inches yeah. tall. And they're thick. So that we did. He did the not guilty on the back of my neck. Yeah, yeah. He did my ex-wife, the mother of my kids, beautiful Jessica Luciano. He did her name on my hand. Nice. The uh, peacock. He did the, the peacock, California. right? Uh, oh, yeah, he did the peacock cover-up. California, California. prison bars. Nice. With that, yeah, with that peacock. Yeah, he's showing, um, he's showing a peacock on his shoulder. He's got uh, the, the state of La California. Dolce Vida. La Dolce Vita, right here. Uh, La Dolce that's Vita. the Italiana. Yeah, the, instead Man, of... You uh, were so yeah. back then, let me just tell you. Just, so, Frank, is that it? the weed all the way back from... Is that it, Frank? Yeah, man, I don't that's know. A lot, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of work that's this a lot guy of work. on me. Let me ask yeah. you a question, man. Dude, so, so first of all, let me ask you a question. And then this, it, it, I don't mean any disrespect, eh, but did, have you ever fucked up a tattoo? Have you ever been like, you know, the guy was like, no, my name is Robert, not Stobbert. <laughs> I have never fucked up a tattoo. No, <laughs> awesome. I don't know. You know, shit happens, man. Like, you know, <laughs> shit happens. Like, like there is like the human factor. Uh, yeah. You know, what's funny is, and, and, I, and I'm sure any tattoo artists out there that are listening to this, they, they can relate. You draw the tattoo up. You show them the tattoo. Right. You go and make a stencil. You stencil it on their skin. You yeah. tell them to look at it in the mirror. Yes. They look at it in the mirror. So they co-sign yes. that, that design. Four or five times. Four or five times before it even gets to their skin. Then you do the tattoo. Finish it. They look in the mirror. It looks great. They go home. Yeah. Take off the bandage. Boom. And they're pissed. You get the text message. Yeah. What's <laughs> you get the phone call. Uh-huh. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's not a, a Randy. It's Randall or whatever right, it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, right. yeah. it's not, it's not a God love, loveth thee or whatever. It's God is with me. You know? Yeah. There's always some misspelling, always something. <laughs> and, and it's like, it, it just, it never fails to surprise you. You know? Yeah. That after all that emails, uh, text messaging, you know, drawing, 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 set up the stencil, put it on the skin, look in the mirror, everything. They get home, they take off the bandage, boom, you get the text message. You know what, you know man? what I mean? It's it <laughs> never fails. And you know, let me ask you a question. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> so do you actually have now, like, do you have paper that you're like, listen, you've looked at it. <laughs> I held the legal end of it. You can sign your waiver. Yeah. You create a yeah, waiver for it. They, they sign a waiver every time. And like, okay. It's a release of liability. Yeah. Yeah, all that. So that, you know, I, like I, recently I had a, a girl get a tattoo. She picked out the lettering style off right. of like some website, <laughs> thefawn.com, everything. Thefawn.com. Put, the, put the name on her. I swear <laughs> to God, it was like this big. Like, it was like <laughs> the size of a cornflake. She gets it and she goes home and she starts flipping out that the S's look like eights. 
Oh. But I'm like, you picked it out. Like out oh. of hundreds of millions of lettering styles, you know? Oh. And her mom, and they were all mad. I'm like, man, go laser that thing. Yeah, right. yeah, Back yeah. in the day, we couldn't laser stuff now. Right. Go zap I, that yeah, thing, there you, you know? go. Like, get it Frank, show, show. bro, I saw a video clip on Instagram yeah. of this dude having some laser like a laser right and now the now i've heard i haven't i, I want to go get something removed okay something old on you but i've heard that this laser shit is the most painful fucking thing <laughs> on the planet 10 times the worst thing getting a tattoo all right so now they're starting to have these laser removals where they're able to just laser and like sh wipe shit off oh but the pain that's got to go with it looks it's gnarly, not just the pain, bro. It's the smell. Right. Yeah, okay. So the flesh like like chicharron. So Frank, I like chicharron. So listen, this brings ah, us back to our so, earlier conversation. Okay. So Frank does a video, and they're showing it. It's at that that sound of that laser. Yeah. And it's just taking <laughs> shit off. And Frank looks at the camera, and he like kind of he's got sunglasses on so you can't see his well, they eyes put like laser glasses right on you, he like looks and he makes like this look like wow and i'm like that's understated bro that shit's got to be killing this fucking guy right now uh, tell yeah, me man, what getting... tell me about that what happened <laughs> well i've been big shout out to new hope laser in westminster they've been doing a lot of laser surgery for me i highly recommend them sean and miss and dr tian uh how's know, they, that they shit have the feel? new pico laser the new pico laser pico. and it hurts it, it's it doesn't take very long but uh -huh. it hurts They'll they'll run like an air conditioning hose, so they put cold air on it, so that as they're as they're burning your flesh, they're cooling it off. Oh but like right God, here, I got bro. this whole I got this old Bob Vessels uh, uh, tattoo removed I and some old Mahoney stuff oh, from shit. back in the day. You know, and they lasered it all off. Uh -huh. They they did uh -huh. such a good job. I was able to get this portrait of my father from one of his first Easy Rider uh, photographs, wow. and it's like so awesome. I lived with that tattoo. Dude, and people are like, oh, this tattoo's killing me. I'm like, yeah, I got tattoos been killing me for 25 years. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, to, to have that removed and be able to get a, a portrait, it's like so awesome, you know? Dude, yeah. that's so gnarly, I really recommend Frank. it. And, but now I'm lasering off this back tribal, which is what you saw. Okay. Yeah. And, it, and then like, I'm going on the third session. It doesn't all come out at first. Uh, it looks like it when they're doing it. And it looks, yes, it looked like it was burning. wiping it right yeah, off. Yeah, no, it so they're just, what are they right doing? Off. They're burning like a layer of skin, like a bunch of layers of well, skin. Well, it's interesting what they do. They're not burning it. They're breaking in the ink up. And then, so they can only do like uh, the, the size of your hand. Because the ink's going to be broken up and your body's going to process it. Your liver is going to process that ink and it's going to pass do you through your system. It out? Yeah, because what, what tattoos are is they're ink that are trapped between your second and third layer of skin. Right. Don't quote me on that. It could be the third and the fourth, but I think it's the second and the third. Right. It's in and the so middle. It, and then, you know what's crazy? is like how doctors say that like our body reproduces every seven years. Yeah. Every organ, every bone is like, that's why we're, our skin's dying. That's and, what they say. That's what they say, but the ink never leaves, you know? So what the so, fuck is that? So the laser, they, yeah, I know. It's trippy, right? <clears throat> so that's where we find mummies that are like 2,000, you know, 2,500 BC tattoos. But they, uh, they, so they break the ink up and your body absorbs it, you know? So as, as it... As it, it'll blister up, but it's not like the ink is blistering up out of your skin. Right. It's the blink's dispersing. Your flesh. Dis dispersing. It's dispersing into your flesh. Holy in wow. In your bloodstream, through your liver. And do will you wow. piss it out? Will you see I ink? I guess it has to be, if, you know. <laughs> listen, you like black little specks coming out. Yeah, yeah, like a fucking. Right, yeah, dude, yeah, listen, yeah. you badass. But I ate, I ate enough fucking beets one time that when I pissed, my pee was pink from the beets. Well, yeah, if I you mean, drop I, a deuce, it'll come right. Out that drop way a too. deuce. Dude, I thought I, I had. That, I, thought, I thought I was hemorrhaging <laughs> from inside. I thought I had colon cancer. Yeah, I, I didn't do it, dude. 
Yeah, yeah I did too. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah I wiped, I wiped, and I wiped, and I was like, <gasps> and then I was in the toilet, listen, and I was like, dude, listen, my insides listen, are ripped up. Listen, I'm bleeding. Listen, I'm listen, hemorrhaging right listen. now. I'm dying. I'm bleeding, yeah. I'm bleeding to death inside should, right now. I can't stop I it. I should have never kissed oh, that shit. Yeah, listen, dude. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I ate all these fucking beats, right? And I just fucking forgot about it. Whatever, right? I go and I take a shit at night, right? And start crying. And dude, I look down and it's fucking nothing but red. Blood. Just crimson. And I was like sitting there and I was like, and I got a history of colon cancer in my family. There's like uncles that got duty bags and all that shit. Oh no. Colostomy bags. No no. lie. So I'm sitting there and I'm married, right? Oh no. And I look down and I'm like, (sighs) Chumahan, it's over. Fuck yeah. (laughs) You're dying on the inside. And I thought, now listen, you want to upset your wife? You're gonna keep this from her. Yeah, exactly. To the game, right, bro? She's gonna be a strong Suck man. Suck it up. Suck be it a up. strong man. So then, so finally, though, right? I, I, I break have down. The Twenty minutes. Right. I get into bed and and I go. You know what? <laughs> you start crying. You start tearing. <laughs> You're laying in bed. I tearing. get into uh. bed. I get into bed and I'm still wrestling with myself. Like, what's the more honest thing to do? Is it to how keep- long can I fucking push this out, bro? <laughs> Right. And I go, would she want to know so she could make the most of every moment, <laughs> you know? And so then I finally go, I finally go, listen, uh, babe, I got to tell you something. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I went, I'm, I, I'm, I, yeah. And she goes, what do you mean you're dying? I go, listen. <laughs> you told her I'm dying? I go, listen, I went to the bathroom and there was a lot of blood. And she looked at me and she said, you dumb motherfucker. You just ate a bunch of beets. That's all beet juice. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's right. I'm fucking scared. I went through probably about like 30 minutes of drama before realizing I just ate a vegetable. Yeah, I love me some borscht. Borscht is good. I'll do it to you every time. Every time. But yeah. you know what? I'll even get a little pink pee. I don't know if you guys get the pink pee off the uh, 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 off the. So that's why I was wondering if if it breaks up the ink if it comes out in your urine. No, I never noticed that. But they, that's why they only, they only do the size of a hand. Right. They won't they won't uh, do anything bigger than that because they don't want to cause liver failure or have any kind of like uh, medical problems. You know. Hey, do you guys, are you, oh, I got it, I got it. You want me to hold this? <laughs> you want me to hold this? Yeah, man, we got it, we got it for the gram. All right. But I got to tell you, though, like, I bag on gram, on the gram a lot, but I love the gram, too. Yeah. It's made it really easy for me to uh, to uh, communicate with my clients and other tattooers and people around oh, the world. Oh, for sure. I love it. You know, I was just out in, uh, tattooing out in uh, Oklahoma at Avenue Tattoo in Lawton, and I was in Comanche County, and I was hanging out with some. I love Comanche, some, dude. Comanches are badass. Comanches dude. are fucking. They were badass. The one putting in work too. I heard they, hey, they really did. The they Comanche, brought the heat. Oh, dude, Comanches are famous. You want to know what Comanches are famous for? They would be chased by the cavalry. They would ride their horse until the horse died. Then they yeah. would cook oh, and that. eat the fucking horse and just keep running on foot. Yeah, no, I believe it. Well, uh, it was interesting. I found out that you know the Comanches, they. Uh, Texas was their was their was their spot. Right, you know that was a, right. that was our body. They evil But they, they settled them out in Oklahoma. You know they did that to and, everybody. Uh, they got, man, I met some really cool guys. Man, they were like talking to me about like the dirt documentary, and they're like rock and rollers out on the yeah, res. You for know, sure. And they love it, man. It's like really cool shit. And uh, you know, military payday. It was it was a good time with my boy uh, Jason Hymas. You know, it was it was a trip though. But I I love like all the indigenous uh, culture and stuff I'm learning about through Instagram. Yeah. You know, my, my homeboy. Um, uh, Dude, I signed up with all these. Like, so I'm American Indian, so I get hit up. They're like, hey, Native Pride wants to. Then I hit them up, and then they try to sell me a t shirt. I'm like, Dude, <laughs> enough with the t shirts. It's like 18 yeah. million people trying to sell me a t shirt. Yeah, well, my boy, um, Antonio Mejia, man, he's traveling all over 
tattooing tribes all over you know what i mean and he does like badass aztec work i love him and his son another you know son and uh man i go to his 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 art studio in in pomona and they're just like all about the art and he's telling me he's going to see tribes in canada you know all over the place like doing hand poke tattoos and and all kinds of crazy stuff and and i love that i love that i love learning about the, the 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 earth and and seeing all the support for like uh, mental health awareness and stuff. Yeah. And you learn about all this stuff on Instagram. My wife and I, we belong to the AFSP, which is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You know? Yeah. And we 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 uh, volunteer and 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 support all their causes. Suicide rates you know? on reservations are high. I grew up on a reservation. I mean, and dude, back before casino money. Yeah. You guys talk about Rough. like before uh, 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 social media. Try growing up on a reservation before casino money. Yeah. It wasn't shit going yeah. on except uh, uh, alcoholism and like, dude, oh, so disheartening, bro. Yeah. I went to Chief Leshy Elementary. So part of it was cool because we would sing songs in the morning before class every day. We would sing yeah. like three or four Indian songs. We got drums. I got my drum out there. Drum and sing. And then we'd have regular school and then drum out. But then you'd have these awesome leaders and then it would be so disheartening because then later at the party or after whatever, uh-huh. you'd see that same awesome leader, but he'd be drunk. Oh, and you'd man. just be like, man, just yeah. breaking yeah, no, your heart. Yeah, yeah. Breaking yeah no, your heart. we got a bunch of people here, you know, in the recovery community that have all come from the res out from yeah. Washington, you know. Yeah, that's uh, where I'm from. You know, or all, 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 all the North Pacific Northwest. That's you know? where I'm from. And like, you'll be like tattooing them. And they'll be like, "Fuck the res, man. I ain't going back." You hey. know, and you're like, and it's, you know, and it's, uh, it's heartbreaking. It you is. You know what I mean? It, it is. It's rough. It's rough. It's out there. tough. People don't know, man. People don't know. But you know, the other thing that's cool though is that in some level, part of what makes America—it's not the only thing—but part of what makes America different is that the indigenous people have put some influence into this country, like the pioneer dudes. Like the mountain men, like those guys are the best parts of Europe and also the best parts of the Native Americans. Like yeah. they can, they learned, they learned. And they, and, and so that's why like, uh, Davy Crockett, I know some people are probably like, who the fuck is Davy Crockett? But listen, Davy Crockett, Davy Crockett. <laughs> and the green mountain boys, those guys were guys that were like part of the European scene and then let go of the shit that wasn't working from Europe, kept the good stuff. And then started learning the American Indian ways and that's why they had the fringe jackets and they could live mm-hmm. off the land and that was yeah. a pure freedom back then. That's dope, yeah. Yeah, well, that, like like I was saying, it's another one of the, the reasons I love uh, the, the tattoo culture and tattooing because I get to learn about all those different cultures and, and different peoples. But you know what's interesting, like what you're just saying though, is you know, we this is America, like we got every kind of food out there. Every kind. Italian food, Chinese food, Thai food, Indian food, but then there's no Native American food. Uh, there is at the powwow. Yeah, at the powwow. Fried but they, listen, they, they ain't on the main drag, though. You know, it ain't, you know what? Hey, listen, I'm going like, to be open up not drive. Hey, you people. You should. You should. I'm going to drive through <laughs> fry bread. Fuck Why If you did that, you, do you realize? Yeah, you yeah, that, you would fucking you'd be kill so, it, bro. You'd be killing it, bro. Yeah, bro. Listen, what's the deal with that? Now, why isn't it? There's got to be something that I'm missing here. I'm going to tell you. They told me it's really hard food to prepare. Listen, listen. Everybody, let's everybody calm down. Let's everybody calm the fuck down. Okay, first and foremost, here's the, here's the deal. Part of what's the issue is, is that a lot of American, well, actually, there's a lot of hipsters that are getting into American. Uh, well, <laughs> so there's, you have two things going on in an Indian country. There's two things really going on. 
You got one is real authentic just from the tribe in that location. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like my tribe, right, we make nettle tea. Like we have stinging nettle tea. That's what we drink. That's like something that we just drink. And we got berries and we eat all the salmon eggs and all that other stuff because it's the Pacific Northwest. Now, that's particularized strictly to that area. Right, right, right. The fried, Spill the tea, homie. Spill the, the other tea. thing, exactly. The <laughs> other thing that we got is this thing that you call powwow culture, which is a mixture of all of the tribes plus what the American government brought. Fry bread, actually, to be honest with you, if you really want to be real about it, isn't really authentically American Indian because it's white flour that's been fried. And before... Uh, the conquistadors there was no white flour here it was corn yeah. so 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 part of what's going on is and and also a lot of the old way was lost so a lot of indians were eating meat like they were eating buffalo deer game and all that stuff the way the country is set up now you can't really do that and the the big companies like they're pushing the cattle they're pushing the pork cattle's not from america Pork is not from America. That came over with the Spanish. That's what Spanish Longhorn is. Spanish Longhorn is, uh, I mean, Texas Longhorn cattle, that's actually Spanish cattle that came over and got loose and became wild. That's what a Texas Longhorn really is. Anyway. Yeah, that's uh, the truth. Yeah, and the uh, so so it's uh, like Italian spaghetti is from China. Exactly. <laughs> that's it, why those bulls over there in Spain got those long horns. Yes, like they look different than the fucking American yes. bulls. Yes. So I was it, just out there and saw some wild buffalo and longhorns. Man, I saw them out there in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, so so beautiful. so so now you're starting to get a little bit of like the bison, but in terms of like spices and stuff like that. Okay, maple syrup. That's mm. American Indian. People don't really? know. That right. Really? Hell fucking Checks yeah. Out. Hell Checks fucking out. yeah. Maple syrup <laughs> because the Indians figured it out in, in that area up in the Northeast and they would, they would nail it. And what they would do is they would boil it down into like a sugar. Yeah. And it was yeah. like their candy. And they even had the tribes over there had almost a, something like a Halloween where they would put on these scary masks and the kids would go to like each little thing and get like fucking maple syrup sugar and they would eat that shit. Wow, really? So there's all that. So so there is American Indian food that is kind of blended into the tapestry of of of, of the United States. And then on, on the other part of it is you have the powwow culture. So um, you got a mis mishmash, and it's not necessarily like authentic authentic Indian. It's authentic clash of cultures. It's the authentic from the clash of cultures. And then you have these individual places that are just now. It is only now that it's starting to get identified like, oh, okay, we're going to eat that bear grass. That's what we used to eat. So we're going to start preparing They're that. going back. Yeah. They're really learning how yeah. to go back and use all that, all that extra stuff from, from back there's then. There's a lot of health, oh. a lot of health uh, benefits from eating what was indigenous to your region and your people. Right? Frank, you want a cup of coffee? No, I'm good. I'm good with the water. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the... So the thing is, is so 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 that's what so that's what that is, and and you know what? When you start studying the food of America, when you start studying the food of America, I read this book that was called, oh man, what the fuck was it called? It was a book called 1491. Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. And this book was about like what was the United States like right before, mm -hmm. and it goes into all the stuff. And some of the things that you learn are just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, hot peppers, right? Mm -hmm. That's American. Yes. Chinese people did not have hot peppers before Columbus came to yes. the world. Thai people. You, yeah. I went to Thailand. I tried to explain that to them. It was like, I, they looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, you know, before, 
before Columbus came yeah. to the New World, you guys were yeah. eating, your food wasn't spicy. Yeah. They were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. trust me on that. Um, the other thing is obviously tomatoes. Uh tomatoes the potatoes so a lot of vodka that's based on potatoes that wasn't happening over in russia yeah right you'd have to i think they can make vodka out of something else i think you can make vodka out of potatoes and you can make vodka out of some other thing anyway the point is i didn't mean to get into a history of american food <laughs> <laughs> but the point is 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 so yeah a lot of those issues it, it are there and so that i think that partially goes into why there hasn't been like a homogenized american indian cuisine that then yeah became a fast food or whatever yeah i understand some parts of it but it's still very interesting it is that someone hasn't tried to um they will make a profit or or you know what i mean um you're so market right. it market it but i you know they just did a tattoo um exhibit at the natural history museum and it was really interesting because tattooing is a part of the human natural history for sure and they had the uh indigenous tattoo tools from like all these different tribes and my wife is from Paraguay. She's from Paraguay. Okay. And uh, my first wife, my second wife, all Mexican. My family's half Mexican. I was like, I got to mix it up a little bit. I got, right. me, I got me a fancy Hispanic. She's from Paraguay, <laughs> South America. But I mean, love my wife again. Beautiful woman. I'm yeah. so happy. Uh, and you know, in the, the uh, indigenous tribe in Paraguay are the Watani Indians. Yeah. So if you grew up in, in Paraguay, you're, you speak, you're bilingual. You speak Watani and Spanish. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, her family is like so diverse. Like a lot of them are really, they look, they're just blue eyed and, and, and green right. eyes. She, my wife has green eyes. Her mother has green eyes, but dark brown skin. Right. Beautiful. And, the and they had the tattoo tools from Paraguay there. What, what did they really use? Really interesting. Well, a lot of times it's a tapping, you know, it, it's a tapping needle and like a, a tool that, to, to tap the needle. Uh, sometimes it'll be like a, a wood cylinder with a, with a, with a, with a, with a bone, fish bone, sure. you know, chicken sure. bone, uh, anything wrapped, you know, with, with, uh, with, with, um, uh, bamboo or, or, you know what I mean? Leaves yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And then they make the ink out of ash or, or mud or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Charcoal. Stuff. Yeah. Charcoal, you know, and they tap, 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 tap. You see, it's you just know. wild because it's, it's really a part. It's like I said, it's the forgotten history of, of, of humans tattoo, you know? And dude, and you know what? That's why I always tell people, I'm like, you know, you watch these shows with Bear Grylls and fucking Survivor Man and like, it's so hard for these dudes to survive in the wild. In our primitive days, it really couldn't have been like that. Otherwise, how would they have the time to tattoo? Like, think about how much leisure time you have to have in order to start tattooing. Figure out the tool, get the fucking pain. It, it can't be you know, that you're on survival mode 24-7. You know, they say in most Indian tribes, if, if you didn't, if you weren't tattooed, you were like a nobody. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, and what the tattoo represented was was uh, normally the mark of a warrior, a woman coming into womanhood or a man coming into manhood, um, uh, chief status, you know, uh, uh, pack leader status. Um, you know, humans are, are pack animals, you know what I mean? Yeah. Alpha male, beta, yeah. beta male. Um, but, but what me and my friends came up with was back in the day when they were like cavemen, you know, they would get the soft stones to make, you know, spears and arrows. And then they would figure out, oh, I can harden the stone after I've sharpened it in a fire. Right. And then they would burn it in the fire and they'd get like that charcoal, you know, burn on it. Yeah. And so then when tribes would, would, would go at it, and they'd get like a shank in their side from one of these spears. Well, then they'd realize this this mark isn't coming off. It's in my skin. It's That's tattooed in my skin. Interesting. And then they'd have the mark of a warrior. 
Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is a fucking hard luck, uh, explosive. Uh, right now, you've just heard an earth-shattering theory as to how tattooing started. That makes a lot of fucking sense, Mr. Frank Ball. Or maybe they'd be like, you know, you know, gonna hunt down a woolly mammoth or a saber-toothed tiger, and then they'd miss and they'd like hit their homeboy and they'd be like, yeah, <laughs> homie. You got me. Oh, shit. I got a tattoo. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I, I mean, it, let me ask you a different question. You see it all day. You see it all day, every day, and you've got tattoos. What is the primal need that's satisfied for a human being to put a permanent mark on their body? Well, you know, all I can do is give my own perspective and sure. opinion on it. Right. That there is a spiritual content tattooing just like there's a spiritual content to any art, you know? Right. Um, and uh, making a mark on your body, whether it's a, a, a modification scar or, or, or a tattooed image, um, is, is a, is, has, a, has a spiritual uh, meaning behind it, even if it's just to you personally. I mean, I, I don't mean to bag on people that find like these big collages on Instagram and at the gym and go burn it on there. It may mean something really deep to them. Yeah. You know, even though like, you know, it's kind of like uh, blown out over fashionable. Right. Um, uh, that's just my opinion. But I mean, like uh, a lot of times what I've discovered, like when, when a loved one dies and you don't know what to do, right. you know, all the money in the world can't bring them back. Right. You know, you cry, you, you know, you, you, you lament, you, you call everyone, you talk about it, you're processing and you're processing it. And you're like, you know what? Let's go get a tattoo. Mm. And it marks something, you know. You're putting something on your body permanently that I love this person. This person was uh, a major part of my life. You know, they were my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, you know, my child, you know. Uh, a lot of the times, in, you know, like I shared before here in uh, Costa Mesa, you know, it's the, it's the uh, I ran a tattoo parlor right around the corner from here, right there about across from Triangle Square for the last four years. And uh, people would come in, you know, and they'd get a tattoo. I'd put it on my Instagram, bam, pretty little girl. Two weeks later, she dies of an overdose. Now you got the family flying into town to collect the body, and then they saw on Instagram they got tattooed by me. Then the, the parents come and get tattooed by me. That's way out. Heavy, wow. think about heavy stuff. Heavy shit. And wow. I'm having an interaction with all these people. And all you got to tell. I mean, come on. Yeah, there's got to be a spiritual content in all this, you know? Yes, yes. And yes. and you know that's what we all learn. Like the life isn't permanent. You know, neither are. Okay, I'll get you a tattoo. It's there forever. But you're not here forever. Right. It'll live on your body forever. You know what I mean? But and 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 so it's that maybe, moment, like you said, being present in that moment. It's it's seizing that moment and remembering it and branding it into your skin. This is what I felt, this is what I thought. Whether I was experiencing the spirit of the wolf and tattooed a wolf on me, or the spirit of an eagle and I tattooed the eagle on me, or I tattooed a fine ass hyena on me, so when I get locked up, I got somebody to keep me company. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a spiritual content there. There's a seizing of the moment. There's an experiencing and sharing the moment with the tattoo artist, whoever else is in the room. Right. Talking, the conversation, memories, right? That's right. what we carry on into the next life, right? I love it. So what you're saying, that makes a lot of sense to me. What you're saying is, is in some ways, tattooing is seizing the moment. You're taking the moment and you're putting it inside your skin as a part of you. And you're going to carry that around with you so long as you're still walking the earth. Like I'll show you with this. I tattooed a portrait of my father on me. I mean, I love my father. The guy's been married like seven times. He's a hell's <laughs> angel. He's an outlaw. There were times in my life where I resented him, and I got super loaded and jacked <sighs> up 
You know what I mean? Being yeah. very angry at my father. At your dad. Got now we've him. made peace. You know, I've been, and this is a great time in my life. We've made peace that I would feel so strongly about it that I would tattoo his portrait on my arm. You know, there were some times in my life I would have ripped that tattoo. <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> so that means teeth. something, and I'm, I'm holding on to that. I'm holding on to that peace, you know, like that love, you know? Right. Because, you know, uh, like we've shared before, like our, we all know that in the heart of every addiction is a resentment, a childhood resentment. You know what I mean? And and to me, like being able to to, to set those free and forgive and, and move on, you know? Yeah. And and a lot of times that is the theme behind a tattoo, you know? People are getting everything tattooed on them, you know, from from sacred geometry to dream catchers to to uh you know, impalas, whatever their passion is, whatever their whatever their 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 dreams are, you know, they're tattooing them on their What'd skin. What do you call it? So, what geometry? Sacred geometry. The flower of life. You see those guys all over the gym too. They've got all these patterns and right. it's like, you know, they, they have deeper meanings than maybe they can even conceive, you know? Right. You know, the hexagon, the honeycomb. I got to say though, you know, <clears throat> as, and that's like super beautiful, but, and I hear you say that and I'm like, man, that is deep. Like that's deep. Right. And then other times I'm like, I look at some tattoos and I'm just gonna be honest, dude, I got some tattoo gripes. I got some tattoo gripes. I don't have a Let's tattoo. But I, so one thing that drives me crazy I don't. It doesn't even involve me. It's stupid. That it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, that's all is, right. Is is the f like faded uh, uh, fraternity letters on the ankle? Like somebody was in a fraternity and they tattooed that shit on their ankle, and and now it's like faded. That drives me crazy. I that just screams white privilege, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> another another one is um, sometimes I, mean, I just hate a fraternity tattoo in general, <laughs> whether it's brand new, old. I don't give a fuck. Like, I that just shit's look at it and it's lame. like I'm like, what did you do? The Omega. How about the like new tramp stamp, the under the boob chandelier? Right. That's like you know what you know the like hell? you know like, the reason girls were getting that before were to cover up their scars right from their breast Boom augmentations right. Yeah. right but then it became like a fashion thing and girls just started getting them everywhere i swear it's going to be the tramp stamp of the of the 2000s you know? and, and, oh and i'll say in, the in, boob chandelier the other thing i want to tell you another one that drives me crazy another one that drives me crazy and no offense please don't kill me guys the another one that drives me crazy is the chinese letter on it seemed like everybody i know is like you know what i should do We'll get it in Chinese. I'll get a Chinese fucking thing and put it on my back because right. it's lucky. Chinese. It means lucky in Chinese. You don't even know what it means. Right. It's right. like right. getting a tribal tattoo that yes. means something, but they don't even really know what it means. Like they think it means like trust God, but it means like drink Pepsi Cola. Dude, <laughs> honestly, I, oh, I like respect somebody that comes in and they've got like a fucked up tattoo that their buddy did. Like they got drunk one night and they was like, let me try it. And it's like a fucked up knife, but it's stuck there. But like it's from a real thing. I respect that. Ten times more. Sure, sure. Ten let, times. Let more. me tell you a quick little story. And yeah. I might have even told Frank this. When I before I got married, Jessica's family, her dad owned a piece of a of a resort in Fiji. Oh. So me and Paolo went to Fiji because he was dating Jessica's best friend. So Holy they fly shit. us out to, to Fiji. <laughs> and when we get there, those those uh South Pacificers, right? Yeah. The Fijians. They're all, you know, we learn how to drink kava and yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, I drink kava. And so when we get there, how about a couple Yerba of these dudes, yeah, absolutely. These dudes got uh, tattoos. A couple of these, now they've got tribal tattoos that they're doing the tribal way, right? Yeah. And one guy has Pepsi. He's got Pepsi. The Pepsi <laughs> with the logo and it says Pepsi on him. And I'm like, what's up with, what's up with that, bro? And he's like, 
Oh, I love Pepsi. I, like, don't get me serious, dude. Yeah. Like, it loves Pepsi. Well, you got a Budweiser tattoo on Right, right. And, it, and it's a yeah. fucked up Pepsi, you know, like yeah. that off. But I'm like, I can respect that shit because this dude was really proud about it and really loved Pepsi. He was like, committed. He's committed to it, dude. I can dig that. Another dude had Robert De Niro and he had the De Niro spelled wrong, right? Oh. So it was Robert De Niro. And I'm like, what's up with the Robert De Niro? Are you into Robert De Niro? He goes, my favorite actor, Paul. Like, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, tattoos, I think that that's more genuine than a lot of shit that goes on now. These right. guys are just expressing themselves right. with some ink on what the shit they like, you and, know? And I found it very, like, I don't know. I always think about that, man. And it's, like, refreshing to me because... At least they know why they got that tattoo. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. They understand what it is, why right. they got it. Right. And they're not tripping on it. They're like, no, it's what you know what I'm saying? It's what I love. It's what I love. That's what I got. And that's that's how I feel about my tattoos. I mean, every tattoo I have, there's a reason. It's it's my story of my life at different different pieces of points of time in my life. I'm telling a story through right? That's yeah, what we're doing. Yeah. I'm telling a story on my yeah, on my I've body. Been, you know? Where I've been, what I've where seen. Where I've been, what I've seen, exactly. Yeah, what I know. Exactly. You know, where I'm from, what affiliation, you know, there's a lot of shit like that. I want them dudes to know or see or know where I'm from and what I'm representing. There's a lot of that stuff too, you know, and then some of it's personal stories, the things that mean the most to me in the world, my my wife, my kids, my, you know what I'm saying? The neighborhood, uh, the, the, the area, what I stand for, you know, who I ran with, all that stuff or, you know, and this is just, listen, man, I, I didn't create anything I'm following a tradition that was laid down long right. before me, bro. Right. Of, of, of the neighborhood, the kids. I mean, that's all something that's a tradition out of Southern California. Right. And I'm following that tradition because that's where I come from. That's what I'm a part of. You Have know? you ever got to the moment? It's your point in time. It's what you're experiencing. Have you guys ever you know, gotten in a flex on your skin? Have you guys ever gotten in a fight over a tattoo? Like somebody comes up to you and be like, what the fuck is that on your chest? Or whatever, and then you've had to like. You mean like enemy from a different neighborhood? Or Maybe. Something? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> you from Santa Monica or from? Yeah. Hell yeah. In prison. That's what you're hoping. That's what you're getting that shit on blast <laughs> for, so for they can see it from across the street. Right. You ain't trying to hide. No, dog. I'm putting it in your face. Proud that was and the loud. whole thing about it was yeah. I want. I want to let you know. Um. You know. Yeah. Fuck. Come on. So yeah. So but anyways, I just uh. I don't know. I think some of it's been lost in translation. But you know what, bro? It ain't really, it ain't bothering me. They're not bothering me. And who's yeah, to say what the know, next hey, person yeah. wants to get I on I just them, need you know? people to get a lot of tattoos because I got a lot of bills, okay? Yeah, so there you Chinese go. Characters, there you, you go. You get whatever you yeah. want. Your fraternity, you just look me up. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know like, we'll put together a fraternity hotline directly. Cool we all have our, like, it's like I don't even like, I don't like some clothes people wear. I mean, we all have, like, right, you know. Right. Uh, and, and, and I tell people, you know, if you're going to get tattooed, you're putting yourself out there. Someone's going to have an opinion about what you're getting, mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad, you know. But the thing that I really find interesting is like how many people get what their perception of God is tattooed on them. Mm. You know, Buddha, you know, mm -hmm. Hindu gods, you know, uh, uh, like uh, Shiva, and, Shiva Krishna. and Krishna and, and Jesus and Mary. And it just, and like, Oprah and it's, mm -hmm. and, and blends of all of them, you know, because it's interesting to me, like, like we're sharing about, um, being openly anonymous and how the program, uh, uh, directs us to find a higher power and have a relationship with God and how, like, no matter, I can turn on my Instagram no matter what time, where, Tattoo Magazine, there's always a God on, like, every other page. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. like we were sharing about like mm. the indigenous cultures and mm. everybody had like some type of a relationship with a higher power. Right. That's what I mean. It's just oh, spir- deeper spiritual. Yeah, it's cool to have an Impala, your Vadio, uh, uh, some Chinese characters under the boob channel, whatever it is. But it's like there's always this like deep desire to have a relationship with a power greater than yourself and even tattoo it on your skin, you know? Listen, let me tell you something. And this brings up something I've been talking about in the last two weeks. Last two weeks. Like, if you're really going to seize the moment, like, you're really going to be present, right? You're really going to worship the, the present moment now, right? That means that you have to come and you have to, on some level, see a sacred, the very things that are in front of you. You don't mm. discriminate. You don't say... And, and people talk... And this, I was thinking about this so much... People are like, they tell these great stories. They love to romance like the Indians. And they say like, well, because the Indians saw spirits in the trees, the Indians saw spirit in the landscape, in the animals. But what they don't realize is that those were everyday objects for Indians. The Indians didn't leave a city, didn't go into the forest and then have like a week long experience because it was so different. No, that's where they lived. It was every day. So a tree to an Indian on some level is no different than a street lamp to Mm -hmm. us. They saw it every day. But what they did that was different was they worshipped it. They saw something sacred in it. They didn't disconnect and say, well, this is a modern thing, so it doesn't have any real deeper meaning power or anything to it. And it's no reason for me to celebrate it. It's no reason for me to. So I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, you know, if you want to be present, it's a lot easier to be present if you can look at the table and these things, these mics, the headphones, whatever it is, as sacred objects that are imbued with some kind of energy. And if you can see that, and if you can feel that, and you can allow yourself to open up to that concept, then your life will have more meaning. That's the Indian way, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, more energy. So you could also say that tattoos have a spiritual content and have energy. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting that you say that because uh, I've been reading that book by Eckhart Tolle, The Power yeah. of Now. Yeah, Um, I do his guided meditations. Sure. I do Buddhist guided meditations. I do Hindu meditations. I do American indigenous med- 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 you know, native meditations, you know, the drums, all the... Man, they do some far out, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just sit there and meditate... But the, Eckhart Tolle talks about the power of now and how all the power that you need in your life is in this moment. Absolutely. Yeah, you're not, you're not, the past is the past and the future hasn't. So the more you learn to meditate and be in this moment, and I, I tell this to everybody, my kids, my sponsors, nobody, nobody gets anywhere in life being negative. It's Positive thinking. Everybody gets, you know, what can I do to make the world better? How can I fix things? Right. How can, how can I improve things? Um, how can I, you know... Uh, focus on the moment and, and and be empowered by all the positive energy that is in the universe. You right. Know what I mean, like, and, and, uh, and I believe like you, like, like maybe this is a summary of this whole conversation is getting tattooed is coming to the sum of that moment. You know what I mean? I and love branding that. it on your skin. You I know? love that. And you know, you, and you know, brother, so many people have told me they're never going to get tattooed. Right. And they get tattooed. <laughs> Listen, I ain't opposed to being wrong either. I've been wrong before. Uh, who knows? I've know? been wrong before. Yeah, yeah. It's an experience. You know, life's a journey. It's a spiritual experience, right? Right. Never say That's never. Learn. Yeah. Never, never say, say never. never. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, um, I, I just I wanted to I wanted to uh, there was something I wanted to ask to that we're we're starting to tippy toe on. Oh, okay. Interesting that you're saying that you. 
I remember there was a point in time where I was talking about uh, self-realization fellowship. I, I had some prayer beads on and you were like, go ahead, bro, that stuff. You were scared away from that stuff. You remember, yeah, yeah, you remember a lot of that? Up, yeah. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up because for a long time, uh, Christianity was a major part of my, uh, Yes, of yes, my yes. Which I, which I love, man. And, and I, you've yeah, taught and, me a lot. And I still do identify Jesus Christ as my higher power. But, you know, after the elections. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, <laughs> dude. Oh, you know what I mean? Here we I go, just man. I realized, like, I am just not a Trump supporter. You know what I mean? Not you, are I you hearing this? Not are that I don't believe this? in a little bit of, uh, not that I don't believe in a lot of, like, you know, the Republican Party's, like, conservative ideas, but I am not a Trump supporter. And, like, mm. all the mainstream church was like all about it. And it made me take a hard look, mm-hmm. you know, at yes, my, at my yes. like what do they really believe? Yes. And like you if, know if the J man was here and yeah, he saw flaming nah, hair yeah, orange nah. Trump, would he vote nah, for that nah, dude? No, 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 that's right, not the clutch. Right, right, not right. The clutch. It's, not, it's not the clutch and, at all. Uh, and, I, and I finally had to come to terms with it, you know, uh, that uh, I was kind of more of a Freddie Corbin Christian and he's like a famous tattooer up in Oakland. He owns Temple Tattoo, and you go in, and he's got like all these gods everywhere. Mm-hmm. Jesus is there, but 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 Krishna is there, and uh, and and Ganesh is there, and and uh, Buddha's there, and uh, he celebrates all all you know higher that's powers. How, that's how self realization and, and, that, and, that, and that's and that's basically what I had to come to. That like, mm-hmm. see, tattooing is kind of my religion now. You know, I'm not right. I I'm I'm a very spiritual person, and and I hey, if 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 tomorrow I got in a motorcycle accident. And the doctor said, hey, we're going to have to take the leg. I would say, Jesus Christ, don't take my leg. I wouldn't say, hey, Buddha, don't take my leg. <laughs> Jesus Christ is still in my, my, the front of my mind. It's the higher power that my grandmother introduced me to. But what I realized is that you know, my conception of, of uh, my, my perception of how I, I perceive my higher power and God is evolving. Um, I don't co-sign anybody's uh, bad behavior, sinful behavior, but but all I'm saying is that I have a really broader aspect to things, you know. Right, right. Um, right. Uh, one thing that did always like, you know, like I, I love I love going to my Buddhist um, meditations. I love my sangha. Uh, big shout out to Noah Levine and, and everybody. I've been to that dude. You know? I've been yeah. to that dude. Yeah, thing. yeah. He, He's like, got that book. What's the name of that book? Uh, Dharma Punk. Dharma, Dharma Punk. Punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. against it's the stream. All, I'm gonna be at his place tomorrow. Yeah, it's Are all you? Relevant. Yeah. It's Put him in a headlock. Okay. Yeah, you know I'm all about the straight edge, hardcore, you know, Buddhist scene. It's all good shit. Um, but I'm just not into like the, the mainstream evangelical politics, right? right. right. It's not my get down. Yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, render agree. unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, which is that was, they were saying essentially all that government stuff and all that worldly material stuff. That's not what this is. Give mm-hmm. it all. That mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to do with it. Politics, controlling policy, all that stuff. Right. Not part of it. That's right. Yeah, I guess I'm just more of like a hippie Christian or something. You know what I mean? I'm just not into all that stuff. I think, dude, to be honest with you, we just I feel like we're coming out of an era where we were down on hippies. It seemed like there was a 30 year, maybe a 25 year kind of like, hey, the hippies. Down on hippies, yeah. And I feel like now we might be coming back into, you know what? Maybe they were on a couple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, straight up. I believe it. But no, Steve, I will not go to Peru with you and drink ayahuasca. Okay? <laughs> don't even try that. Okay. You don't have to yeah, go in the room. Okay? Man, bro. No, but you will have the yerba mate. <laughs> yeah, put the yerba mate. Yerba mate, yerba mate with yeah. you. And a little cava, right? Yeah, yeah, a little cava. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, no. I drank so much cava, dude. 
I was at this thing for, uh, I don't know what these, they weren't Samoans, they were um, Tongans, mm-hmm. right? Tongans, yeah. Just like Samoan, big Right, people, sure, sure. Big, sure. ankles like fucking, look like a fucking inner tube. Anyway, dude, I went there and they had this kava drink, I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. and they put it in like a coconut shell and they were f- serving it to me and I was right. reading, my whole head, my mouth, everything was numb. Did you have to clap before you yes. drink it? Yeah, yeah it's, yes. the same, it's the same thing. I Tongans loved it. And, yeah. I loved it. You know what? You know how come I know I got problems? Anything that fucks me up, I love. Yeah, of course. Bro. <laughs> yeah, me, my enough. wife will meet anybody out and about, and if they say they drink yerba mate, it's like now they're family. Yeah. You would get that It's like a ritual. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you drink mate? I love mate. And I'm like, I don't It's kind of bitter. I don't know. I don't like this stuff. Yeah. I don't I like in Texas, they sell yerba mate drinks, you know, energy drinks. Yeah, they got it over here. I like yerba buena. Hey, let me tell you something. My wife, she's from Guatemala. Her family's from Guatemala. Uh All right. So every time I'm with them, any new thing that comes out, they're like, oh, yeah, Latin people were doing that. Yeah, yeah, of course. course, 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 Everything, everything. 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 They're like, oh, this chia juice. We were doing that 100 years ago. Of course, of course. That's that's (laughs) everything. Hey, I want to uh, I want to thank Frank yeah. Ball for coming down today, yeah. man. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, just awesome, bro. I love this uh, yes, guy. Yes, man, uh, and I love you, Frank. Yeah, absolutely, I love and you just too, a, homie. a good man, a good man, and it just I'm just happy that you're in my life. Uh, it's proud to say, I'm proud to say that I'm a friend of yours. That you're in my life, and we're gonna keep on plugging away, man. We're gonna keep on pushing. Yeah, I'm this proud road. to call you family, Pedro. Yeah, bro. Oh, absolutely, man. absolutely, dog. Good to see you six feet above ground and outside prison bars. Yes, sir. You too, bro. <laughs> Here we are. So wow. let's just keep it moving, and, wow. and we're gonna have I'm Frank. So too, we're gonna have Frank back on yeah. again one day soon. We'll absolutely. have him, Frank. Right? Are you kidding me? And Tat, hey, you guys check it out. Good time, Charlie's in Anaheim. Go see Frank Ball. Okay, if you want it done right, Tattoo Land, right? Frankie Jr. All right, and and or Lincoln Tattoo, you go see his son at Lincoln Tattoo in Venice, California. Frank Ball Jr. All right, the Ball family. I love it. Give it up, thank you, brother. On the ball, on the ball, on the ball. Good show.